Again, uh, this evening, I'd like to take a few minutes to talk about uh, the practice that we're doing here. There's a, a way that I understand what we're doing, and, you, and so I'll... I'll uh, express this and you'll see if you recognize something in there, if it helps you understand partly at least what's, uh, what's happening in this practice. So my take on this is that um, there's a kind of, an, kind of an arc to the meditation practice. And we, uh, it seems to me that we come to uh, the cushion or chair and um, we come from a world of ideas, ideas about stuff, how it should be, how it could be, how I fear it might turn out, how I wish it could be, etc. So a world of ideas of maybe even who I am, who the other are, um, all kinds of ideas about stuff. And then we start to pay attention and... Uh, we get a little closer to reality. So it's not so much our ideas about uh, walking or our body that is too like this or too like that or not enough like this or like that, but the experience, the living experience of a body that is pulsating and, and uh, dynamic and expanding and contracting. Not, you see what I mean? Not the idea that I'm too young, too old, too this, too that. But the experience of it. So it's, a comp- it's another reality we're starting to touch. Not our idea that cold, I don't like cold, or this, but oh, what is the experience of cold? Feeling it, getting uh, intimate with it. So we, we, come, we go from ideas about stuff, preconceived ideas, biases, things like this, and we get closer to the experience, even ideas that we have about ourselves. We might think that we're not worth much, and we find out that there's a lot of life here that is deserving of attention. Or we might think that, uh, I don't know, I might think that I'm a really good person. And I'll sit here, and maybe there'll be some <laughs> cognitive dissonance, you know, that suddenly there'll be a cruel thought, you know, and that'll be jarring for me, because suddenly, oh my God, I thought I was just, just a really good person, and now I, <laughs> I can see that there's things happening in there, you know, and so I become more real about what's uh, what's happening there, you know. So it's some clarifying thing, and become more and more specific about reality. That's how it feels to me. And often on retreat, people will start saying, ah, "Wow, the rice was so tasty." Yeah, because you know there was presence. And so things start to stand out at every uh, sense door. You might have had this experience suddenly that you're touched by sound, by hearing, more than usually because there's a slowing down, there's a more and more connection, and we can feel and it becomes specific. I remember somebody at, uh, when many years ago I was uh, cooking at a retreat, and uh, somebody came at the end of the retreat and they said, Pascal, what do you put in your porridge? Like, it's the best porridge ever. 
Well, porridge, <laughs> oh, or what is it called, oats, well, boiling water. <laughs> Was there anything else I put in there? Or maybe a little salt, you know. But the special ingre- ingredient of your attention, your sustained, caring, you know, curious, uh, available, uh, sensitive awareness. And in this way, whoops, suddenly it becomes specific, the experience. Um, and, in, and I know it's also hard because the difficult emotions, they become also specific. You know, we feel them more thoroughly or fully. And that's not an easy thing. And maybe in those experiences, um, courage is developed and compassion and several great qualities. So we go from ideas about everything to a connection to life and things becoming specific. Uh, and today we were talking, amongst other things, about the specificity of pleasantness and unpleasantness, and so that it can stand out, or neutrality that maybe we've never actually really zero in on. Oh, hold on, let me feel that. Neither pleasant nor unpleasant. It's become specifically this. Do you, do you recognize a little something? You know, that's the mind that is... Uh, there's so many variations in the mind of uh, being discouraged to the experience of despair. And, oh, despair has this particular tone to it. And joy and ecstasy or whatever is the thing. Boredom. Boredom becomes really specific. Wow, boredom. Let me taste that well. Instead of ideas about boredom, I shouldn't be bored. No, boredom. What is that mind state? How does it feel? What, how does it present things? How does it connect or not to reality? So becoming specific. So that's the kind of arch here in my head. And then lending in the body and the senses and and feeling the world, feeling the inner life more specifically, being touched, touching, something like this. And there in this arc, at some point, what starts to appear more clearly, stand out, is uh, not the specificity of things, but their universal characteristics. So, I can, suddenly I'm really sensitive to this particular sound of the wind in the branches when you're inside the building, this particular muted experience of wind. It's very specific. Or this particular thing, cold tingling in the hand now. Or is it throbbing, low throbbing in the feet? These things like come and visit, they become highlighted. But at some point, what I start to notice is that all of these specific things are transient or dynamic. They're kind of alive, moving. Sounds are alive. They appear and are alive and disappear. Sensations in the body are alive and they either grow or become smaller or something happens to them eventually 
ideas pass by. Some ideas are specifically fun to think of, some scary and unsettling. But what starts to appear to me is that, wow, ideas, pleasant one or unpleasant one, made-up ones or those that seem to describe reality, what they have in common is that they pass. And this starts to touch the heart in some way. Wow, look at that. This too passes. Emotions. Some emotions are not so fun, so pleasant to feel. They're kind of debilitating or disempowering, or they remove abilities from the mind and heart. They, their function seems to be to remove uh, you know, agility of the mind, creativity. Uh, you know, and we can feel this specifically how it uh, paralyzes the mind. You know, and some em- when sometimes we have some emotions. I remember one time giving a talk here, and I was talking and walking, looking at people. I was talking, and my eyes just happened to lock into the eyes of somebody, a person that's face was just neutral enough that I could project all my fears in. And, you know, they were whiter than me, maybe, older than me, and look straighter than me, and, <laughs> you know, and probably more schooled and educated than me, and powerful than me, and, and all this, in one, and, I, and my sense was that they thought I was stupid, and I kind of bought in, into this, and I could feel my, the emotion, my, my mind, and whole body paralyzed, like I couldn't process anymore the talk here in this room. And uh, at some point, mindfulness kicked in, and I could, wow, like I, I have no memory, I don't remember what I was talking about, like I, I have no memory, I, I, everything is paralyzed, this mind state is so debilitating that I can't even lower my head to my sheets, you know. And, and then I could pay attention to this. Wow, look at that mind state. It really does all this to the body and psyche. And then, with careful awareness, it, it was transient. So it passed, and then, whoops, I remembered I had sheets, <laughs> and that I could look, and that the, suddenly that letters actually meant something. If you stayed on them long enough, <laughs> they would regroup in little... Piles, you know, <laughs> and then something would appear that would make sense, and then I could uh, come back. So, yeah. So some mind states uh, they, f- they seem to remove capacities, and some other mind state they seem to open creativity and allow it, and uh, you know. So this becomes specific, and again, but we see that also these pass, they move through. If we stay long enough on the seat, or if you know, we pay enough attention, if we don't get caught or, or distracted, if we stay around, we'll see the wave-like nature. This is a very liberating insight. That's called insight, vipassana, insight. We discover that, wow, this passes. How amazing is that? And we discover that things uh, also are relational, causal, is that the word? They cause each other, they're they're in relationship, they 
things are conditional, conditioned, dependent. So we sit there and, oh, we notice that a thought come and it came from a sound and it came from a sensation. And things are chain-like. And these change are not, it's not just happening here, it's very much relational. It's not that separated. It, you know, movements, things, like me seeing this person triggered something from, you know, and so we start to see this, that, wow, it's so dynamic and they're so incredibly relational and da- dynamic and interdependent. So that's what starts to show up as we pay attention. And we notice, uh, maybe as uh, Anushka was talking about today, that there's ways that we can uh, accompany enhance, um, contribute to the system we live in, no? Have you noticed this, that there's ways that the system, all this that is here, body, organs, uh, senses, psyche, mind, heart, all this can create misery. It, it doesn't need a lot of external. It can, this little system, I mean, also, definitely, but in and of itself, also, it can... Have you noticed this? It can create trouble for itself. That system is really alive, and it responds, and it it can create a problem for itself. And it can also, and that's why we're here, to discover how it can liberate, how it can accompany itself, how these same things the radar, or instead of having the, the, the senses being radar to grasp at things that are, could be wanted or desired, that it could actually reveal the nature of reality. So all these tools, the psyche can create horror for itself, and it can also become a loving field of compassion or care, it's holding, space holding, instead of... Uh, a kind of a weapon of judgment against oneself. Yeah? So we notice this. Are, are you following me? Is that, does that seem like there's something about that? And so my sense is we sit here and we notice that in this system there's a lot of ways that uh, there can be contribution and healing happening. And we slowly, very progressively, maybe, not maybe, it's pretty sure that it's a whole life, over a whole life of practice, not three days, you know, three, three days along the way, you know. But that there's a way that this system can become a friend to itself, life-enhancing. In the same way, my kind of understanding of the practice now is that in the same way that I can learn, practice, and fail, or it's messy, but... There's a kind of a sense of direction that this, all the tools are there to help facilitate, accompany, cultivate some kind of wholesomeness, wholesomeness, liberation, the creation of a healthy, beneficial field. In the same way, my sense these days is that, so this field here, our system, is worthy of great care, worthy of attention, 
worthy of a calm attention, worthy of curious attention, worthy of, uh, worthy of, uh, yeah, all this. Worthy of patience, worthy of uh, energy. It's worthy. So for me, sitting here for a few days is definitely worthy to, to, to bring a lot to this. In the same way, my sense is that this system is worthy of attention and care. So is this system. Here we have a little system here. That's it. We call this system a teaching thing. That system is also dynamic, is also uh, fragile. It can also it can create misery for itself. It can also create uh, beauty and contribute. And so this system, in the same way that here I've been paying great attention to this system, I'm invited to pay great attention to this system, how it's held, you know? And knowing that it's not going to be done perfectly, you know? And that by paying attention, things will be revealed. How we can help this system be more performing? I don't know. Maybe it's the right word. But uh, healthy beneficial, I'll say, for, for itself and for others. Yeah. In the same way, this system here is a system. So I'm kind of expanding the idea of mindfulness being just like that, to actually this is, in the same way, it's a system that can for itself create misery. It has also the potential to create support, healing, uh, good for itself and good for others outside of it. And so it's worthy of the same kind of qualities we've been developing here. Worthy of very careful attention and uh, benevolence and compassion and courage and honesty. Honesty about the system. What's happening in this system? Let me really be attentive to the system. See how it can, uh, how it creates stress for itself. And now it can, in the same way, I don't see, I, I see it as important. And then there's this, whatever, state, country, nation, globe. Always a system that can create harm for itself or some parts of itself. And my sense is there's contribution always happening I'm part of every system. I'm responsible, not guilty, responsible and invited. It seems um, that every system I'm part of is worthy of my careful, equanimous, honest, uh, curious attention. A few weeks ago, I, uh, I was uh, at the retreat where um, the uh, Attorney General of New York was giving a talk. That was very interesting. And uh, I forgot his name. <laughs> yes. 
and he was saying that uh, he was talking about spirituality, what it meant for him, and he was saying that uh, he was saying uh, for me. Spirituality is an inner work here. It has three parts. If you don't do the three parts, there's, there's something missing. He said, there's a, the taking care of this here, and then the relational, bringing that work here, like this here, and then societal, global, you know, and uh, how the three aspects are very important. And, I mean, he probably didn't invent that, you know, maybe before him, Dr. King, others, in different ways, have talked about this a lot. You know this. Many of you have, are practicing on these three, three levels. Uh, great dedication. But I liked hearing that, you know, because sometimes we might have an, a sense that it's just there and it's limited to this. But my understanding is that these qualities that we've been developing here in this particular environment where there's silence, so we're not that relational, although we are, huh? we are very relational in that environment, but we came to maybe attend more specifically to that system. But it's the same exact qualities, I think, that will be relevant uh, in our families, workplace, communities, uh, groups, to be, uh, you know, a citizen of whatever we're citizen of, you know, an ally, if that's the way we think about this, or, uh, or just, uh, you know, I'm thinking of Joanna Macy's, which has What's the title of one of her books? Also, yeah, world as lover, world as self. Kind of an expansion of like this is. It's not just me here. This, this is so porous. We're so interdependent that I cannot not care about what's happening around. You know. And. Uh, try to contribute to the best of my ability. And what is my contribution? A lot of it, I think, is my, my meaning us, or what this practice is, is, is bringing. The contribution of this practice is honesty, careful attention, compassion. Uh, instead of reactivity, where energy is um, um, leaking, no? Like if I spend a lot of time being worried or charged, like the, there's a lot of leaking. If I lose sleep over things, you know, I actually need to have the system be very healthy so it can recognize, so it can go under biases, uh, presupposition or rigidity, and it can be more fluid and read better and have energy available to respond, engage. So it would be a mistake to think that being a good Buddhist practitioner would be somebody who's like so good at receiving the world, you know, and events and, and uh, sensations and emotions. It's not just that. We're learning how to receive, to read more deeply in order to engage in a way that uh, is sustainable, to use a, a word that a 
It's kind of trendy, but real still. So anyway, that's just another way to contextualize this practice here. If you maybe add the thought, like, what's this little navel-gazing? You know, that's not how we understand this. That's not, I don't think it's, it's what's happening here. Here's a development of amazing qualities that will be required. Uh, I mean, they are here uh, needed, and they will be needed in a few hours. So, I hope there's a little something in there, at least no harm done. Let's uh, sit a little bit here. In this practice, always starting very humbly, very simply, what is available, what is tangible, what is knowable now here. You don't, don't have to have it all together and no utopia or perfection here. Just this heart, just this capacity to know experience, to meet, just what's here now.
Thank you. So now we have walking uh, practice. And we'll be back here at uh, 8.20. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.